and welcome to Bridgewater. We're so glad you're here. Uh, my name is Matt. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here uh, at Bridgewater. And today is an exciting day for us, as Pat mentioned. Uh, we love uh, celebrating changed lives around here, and we, we love being able to see people take their next steps uh, in obedience to Christ through baptism. And so uh, if you're new here, we're going to do something probably a little bit different. We're going to do uh, the baptisms at the end of the sermon. Uh, we, we hope you enjoy that and get to uh, look in on what God is doing here. Uh, happy Fair Week, by the way, for those of you uh, headed to the fair this week. Uh, my prayers go out to all of you with small children, uh, that you would survive and all children would come back with you. Um, I, I am going to try something new this year. I'm going to let Jocko lead through the fair one of the days. Um, so if you see me stuck in the corner petting goats for two hours, come rescue me. I'd appreciate that. Uh, if you don't know what the fair is, you must be from out of town. We're glad you're here. Uh, the whole county kind of shifts for the fair. It's a, it's a good time. So uh, around the same time of year, we also like to take some time just to reflect on who God has called us to be as a church, uh, why we do the things we do, um, that we don't just do things randomly. We do things because as we read the Word of God, uh, the best we can interpret that Word and, and how we would apply it and live out uh, lives that honor Him and obey Him. This is what we uh, believe we have come as a result of. And so uh, we're going to be kind of talking through our core values over the next couple weeks. Uh, we're going to be talking kind of about one today, about everybody has... Next step, yeah, there you go, all right, everybody has a next step, and that uh, the life of following Jesus isn't just a one-time decision, it is a lifetime of decisions of choosing uh, to put Christ at the center of our lives, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this morning, because what we will say unashamedly every week is that Christ loves us, and God loves us exactly where we are, that you don't have to change, you don't have to adjust, you don't have to clean yourself up for God to love you, that he loves us just as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us there. That the places God comes and finds us, that his love doesn't just say everything's okay, he says everything will be okay as you continue to grow and change in the love that Christ uh, shows us. And the thing about uh, growing is that it requires change. Now, we don't always love change. Change can be difficult, but change is a, uh, a way that we can measure growth, and we can see that we are growing towards becoming like Christ. And, and the thing about this whole idea of becoming like Jesus, that really is the call for all of us as Christians, that, that ought to be all of our uh, pursuit. And if you're here and you're not a believer, that would be God's call on you, that you would see your need for your maker. And so all of us are uh, walking that journey. But the thing about it is it can feel huge and ominous and big and how do we get there and like what does it look like really to be like Jesus it's often um, I am also a nutrition coach and a, a personal trainer it's often when I sit with um, clients and we're talking and and uh, they say hey I, I want to be a pro athlete what do I need to do all right let me see you walk <laughs> what walk from that end of the building and back really that's where you're going to start yeah, or when we're talking nutrition and they say, I want to lose X amount of weight, where do we start? Drink 64 ounces of water every day. I'm paying you how much money to, do, to tell me to drink water? Well, did you drink 64 ounces of water? No. Okay, well, if you can't drink water, you're not going to do everything else I'm telling you to do. Well, what, what are you going to tell me to do next week? Probably log your food in a journal. Really? That's what you're going to tell me to do? Yep. Can you do that for a whole week? Right? And, and the spiritual journey is very similar to that. It can feel huge and ominous, but really scripture makes it very clear that there are simple steps of obedience that Christ calls us to. And each one may feel bigger or smaller than the other, but if we faithfully walk the journey Christ has laid for us, we will find ourselves in a more spiritually mature place than we were uh, before. 
the Christian life is really marked by a couple landmarks. One would obviously be when you make the decision to get out of the personal saving business and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, and find freedom and forgiveness and eternal life in Him. That would be the first big landmark. And the second landmark would be when you decide to go public with that faith, which is baptism. That we would say uh, to the world, I no longer belong to the way of the world or the old man. That old man has died and I now belong to Jesus. And so we're going to kind of talk a little bit at length this morning about what it means to be baptized, answer some questions uh, around the whole conversation of taking next steps. Uh, and so that's what we're going to talk about this morning as we get into uh, baptisms. But as I'm having conversations with people, um, and, and I want everybody in the room to listen in today because you hopefully will be having conversations with people in the same way. And here's what I mean. If you have already been baptized, uh, you've already taken that next step, you're, you're down, down the road in uh, your next steps, um, this sermon is also for you because what I hope and pray, and we're going to talk about this at length next week, is that you are having spiritual conversations with people in your life, that you are helping other people who may have baptism as their next step, that you would know how to answer them, that you'd be engaging with them, helping them grow in their faith. And sometimes uh, we need to learn how to answer good questions and we need to help uh, answer some mysteries for people to get there. So as we're talking today, and maybe you've already been baptized, I want you to think through this yourself and how would you answer these questions? How would you help uh, somebody take your next step. But over the course of the conversation with someone, uh, you may run into uh, a point where maybe they don't want to take their next step, or maybe they're struggling uh, for a myriad of reasons. And, and often, I'll just ask the question straight out, a version of a question or a question like this, and, and here's the question. What's holding you back from going all in for Jesus? And maybe this, this question actually doesn't just relate to, to baptism for you. Maybe for you this morning, this question ought to cause some reflection for all of us. As you consider your life in Jesus or, or your life uh, not quite in with Jesus yet, what's holding you back? What's getting in the way of saying Jesus has everything? He owns every part of me and every part of my being is sold out for him. What's holding you back? As it relates to baptism in particular, I get kind of two big objections a lot. And so I want to help you uh, see how I would talk through some of those objections and maybe uh, give you some help if you want to help somebody along in their journey. And maybe you yourself have these objections, and I hope to bring some clarity for you this morning. Here's the first objection to going all in for Jesus in baptism. Uh, I don't understand what baptism is and who it is for, right? Sometimes there's just mystery. Uh, you've heard a lot of different teachings. What, what is it actually and who is it actually for? So we're going to answer these questions here uh, this morning. First one, what is baptism? Well, baptism is where we put a blue cattle trough in the front of church. No, right now. Uh, that's how it is played out. But what is baptism? Baptism uh, comes from the Greek word, actually two Greek words, baptizo and bapto, uh, and they, they really just mean to submerge. So the word baptism means to submerge or immerse. And so back uh, when they would use this word, we don't use this word often, it's just pulled directly from the language and became baptism in English. But if a ship were sunk into the bottom of the ocean, it was, the ship was baptized. Right? If you took cloth and you pushed it in dye and you submerged it underneath and you pulled it out, the cloth was baptized. And so the word baptism means to submerge. And this is important because um, several different um, uh, what's the word here? Totally lost the word. Several different uh, traditions, that was the word I was looking for, traditions have um, interpreted how you do baptism differently, and we, as we read scripture, want to follow the model that we see represented, and that is by uh, submersion. And so uh, also, the other reason for that is every baptism we see in the Bible was done by immersion. 
Um, every case that you see baptism happen, it wasn't a sprinkling, it wasn't a pouring, it was by uh, submersion. We want to follow the model that was given to us. In fact, Jesus himself was baptized by submersion. You see this in uh, the Gospel of Matthew here. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. So Jesus himself went into the water and came up out of the water. It was a, it was a pattern that was set for us there. Well, some people say, well, what if I can't find water? What, what, right? We find all these reasons not to. Well, interestingly enough, there's a story in the book of Acts where uh, a, a man was going across the desert uh, reading the word of God, felt uh, compelled to obey God in baptism, and God kind of brought one of the apostles in his path, and here's what happened. Acts chapter 8, verse 36. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water, right? Look, it's a puddle. And I love his question here. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? I don't know if this is often the question we ask. I think often we say, oh, there's a few things I could think of that stand in the way of my obedience to Jesus. There's a few reasons. And this man goes, what, what can stop me? There's a puddle in the desert. Let's obey. Verse 37. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. 39. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing, right? It is a pattern that is set for us that is by submersion. Here's kind of the simplest definition I think uh, I can give for baptism for us this morning. It is a physical ceremony symbolizing what happens at our salvation. As you consider uh, what we're going to celebrate this morning, it is a physical ceremony symbolizing what happens at our salvation. And the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 6 kind of explains this whole uh, concept about um, baptism and salvation and how that works together. So Romans chapter uh, 6, verse 3. Let's read this together and kind of unpack it for us here. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And you're like, no, Paul, I didn't know that. Let me explain what, what he means here. Do you not know that when we accepted Jesus as our leader and forgiver and he forgave our sins, that what was happening there is that the old man was being put to death. Jesus went to the cross to put to death the old sin nature. And when he went into the grave, he took death with him. And when we say we accept Christ as our Savior, we are acknowledging that Jesus paid that penalty, that all sins uh, cost death, and that Jesus took that death for us, right? So he's saying when, when we accept him, we also, that old man has been put to death. Verse 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. He's saying when we accept that, we acknowledge that we went down and in the same way that Christ was raised to resurrection life, those who put their faith in Jesus are given a new life. They are put in them a new spirit of God that the old sinful ways have been put to death. And, and so really what's happening here is the demonstration of what Jesus did for us and how it changes everything. Because one of the things I hope you know to be true of, of following Jesus is that it doesn't make you better. It makes you new. It doesn't make Matt a, a better version of Matt. It doesn't make Matt 2.0. Matt, who was really good at sinning, got put to death. 
and was given new life in Jesus. That I am, as Paul would say in another letter in 2 Corinthians, he would say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And that really is the good news of Jesus. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, that is the good news of Jesus. That the things you've been running from, the things you've been hiding from, that you don't have to run or hide from them anymore. You get to put them in the grave because of what Jesus did. You get to leave them in the past. And Christ offers all of us new life. If you want to know more about that, we'd love to have a conversation with you about what new life in Jesus looks like. So, so what's the second question there? Well, who is baptism for? Who really gets baptized? Well, Scripture makes it very clear uh, in, a, in a multitude of locations that it is a command for every believer. That once you've put your faith in Jesus and accepted him as your Lord and Savior, it, it is the next step for every believer who follows uh, Jesus. And so uh, you see this very clearly in a lot of places, but Mark chapter 16, I want you to see it for yourselves. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The gospel is the good news of Jesus, verse 16. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. You see this pattern over and over again. When somebody accepts Jesus, they almost immediately or shortly thereafter go public and say, I'm all in for Jesus. I, I am going to be baptized. And here's what I want to clarify for us. Uh, baptism doesn't save you. It is a reflection that you have been saved by the finished work of Jesus on the cross. There's nothing we can do in our physical sense to change God's mind or heart about us. There's no amount of work or good deeds or bad deeds we can do to change God's mind. It is only what Christ did on the cross that changes anything about how God views us. And that is good news. So baptism just says, I acknowledge that I belong to Jesus now and I want the world to know that. Often another question kind of in here I get asked quite often is, um, I was baptized as a baby. Do I, do I need to be baptized again? Uh, maybe you yourself have had this question or someone you know has had this question. It's a great question to ask. What we understand baptism to be is a, is a conscious decision of an individual that they would make after professing Christ as their Lord and Savior, okay? So if you were too young to remember it outside of pictures, there's probably a chance um, that you were not conscious of your decision at that moment. You may personally not have made Jesus the Lord and your Savior at that life. You may have later, but at that moment, the, the pattern is salvation on your own decision and then baptism on your own decision. And so uh, if you were baptized as a kid and you knew exactly what you were doing, you knew exactly the decision that was being made, you had decided to follow Jesus at that point, the best we can tell is you're walking in a biblical obedience to Jesus. If you were unaware, maybe you were an infant and your parents baptized you, you since then have professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we believe the scriptures will call you to get baptized knowing it is your decision now. And so the question is, well, what if I offend my parents? I don't want to offend them. That's true. We don't want to offend your parents either. But you can frame the conversation this way. Maybe for you, this will help you see it correctly. What your parents were doing in that moment was most likely, or maybe a godparent or whoever may have um, had you baptized as an infant or a baby, was that they were hoping to set you apart that you would follow Jesus for the rest of your life. They were hoping that you would grow up to know God and follow him and serve him. And so uh, being baptized as an adult is not a reneging of that, it's a fulfillment of that. Th that you can say, you know what, thanks. <laughs> thanks for giving me the foundation. Thanks for pointing me towards Jesus at a young age. This faith is mine now. It belongs to me. It's not just you. It is my personal faith. I'm making this decision to go public now. Thank you for giving me 
a, a, a foundation to follow, follow Jesus. And so actually, first service, we had a very uh, similar situation to that. That was kind of the story, uh, and, and they took their next step. I'm actually going to read their story later because um, it was just really encouraging uh, to us. Here's the second objection I get, um, not just to baptism, but to really taking your next step in Jesus, and here it is. I don't want to completely follow Jesus right now. What, what's keeping you from going on for Jesus? Frankly, I don't want to. And I can appreciate this answer because it's honest, right? I say nobody gets lied to more than the tax accountant than the pastor, all right? Um, I, I appreciate the honesty in this question, but it, it, it can't be the end of the conversation. The next question is, okay, but why? Why don't you want to completely follow Jesus right now? What's getting in the way? Well, I think there's often several things. The first one um, is often fear. They're afraid of what it means. They're afraid of uh, public scrutiny. They're afraid of uh, what somebody might say about them or their family might say about them. Or maybe in regards to baptism, they're afraid of standing up in front of a bunch of people because they don't like it. Listen, not many people do, all right? That's okay. It's not a good enough reason to not follow Jesus, though. Maybe for you, there's a fear of, of finally stepping out and being known for as a Jesus follower. Okay, well, that, that's a good fear to work through because uh, we're all called to step out and be lights for, for Jesus. And, and frankly, the Word of God would tell us that He's going to give us the power we need to overcome that fear, whatever that fear might be. And it says this specifically in 2 Timothy. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So yes, following Jesus might be difficult. It might cause you to have to push past some, some fear, but he will give you the power and strength to do that when the time comes as we begin to follow him. Actually, it was really uh, cool. There was, uh, this was about a year or so ago, I think. There was a man named Ben Robinson who was a retired Methodist pastor, uh, and he started attending Bridgewater Montrose. And uh, he's in his 70s when this was taking place, and he was listening to a sermon just like this and said... I was baptized as a baby, but not as a professing follower of Jesus. And so this guy who'd been serving as a pastor for decades said, I got to follow Jesus. And can you imagine at 70 as a retired pastor saying, I want to go get baptized? Like, there'd be some fear there probably. There'd be some, what are people going to think? And he just said, I got to do what God has called me to do. And so uh, he got baptized. And what happened actually was uh, anybody who was around it and witnessed it thought even more highly of them because at that age there was teachability. At that point in his journey, he was still willing to do what it took to follow Jesus. And I was so encouraged by that story. Here's the second reason people often don't want to take their next step. And it's, I have sin and I just don't want to give it up. Yeah, and I can appreciate the honesty. I really like my sin and I don't really want to let it go. Um, can, I, can I just say this? And I'm saying it to my own heart here this morning. Whatever that sin is, whatever it's promising you, whatever it says it's going to deliver to you, it never will. It does not have the ability to write the check on the promises it is trying to give you. It will never deliver to you the emotion, the satisfaction, the numb, the hide, what, whatever reason you have to go there. It will never give you reprieve. Why? Because what's, what's wrong in there is that there's brokenness that only Christ can fill. Your heart is ultimately chasing satisfaction in Jesus, and none of those things will ever give it to you. And I say that to my own heart this morning. That if there's things getting in the way of pursuing Jesus, you're just selling your life short. 
you're selling satisfaction, you're selling joy, you're selling life and life abundant short because that's what Jesus has for you is life and life abundant. But the thief would only come to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if you're here and that's true of you and you need to talk to somebody about it, please come talk to somebody about it because Christ has so much more for you than what the world is trying to offer you. Here's the third reason somebody doesn't want to take their next step. I don't believe. That's a great reason not to get baptized, just so we're clear. But this also could be a couple layers of things. Maybe you do believe in in God, but you're having a hard time believing in an aspect of God. Maybe you trust and, 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 all right, God is my Savior, but I'm really having a difficult time because of X, Y, and Z. I'm having a hard time believing He really has my best intention in mind or, or whatever it might be. It can't be enough to leave us in unbelief. The the decision we make on what we do with Jesus and what he did at the cross is the single most important decision of your life. Who you choose to marry and spend your life with is important, but it pales in comparison to what we choose to do with Jesus. And so if you have questions, if you have doubts, if you have wrestles, at any layer of the faith, um, leaving those questions unanswered cannot be your answer. Dig in, ask hard questions, open up a Bible, poke somebody with a hard question. We're not afraid of them. Christ is not afraid. The Word of God is not afraid of the things you've heard and the questions you have. He has answers for us if we're willing to lean into them. What what should we do now? Well, here's a couple things for us. If you're here and you haven't yet accepted Jesus as your leader and forgiver, that would be your next step this morning that you would uh, acknowledge your need to get out of the personal saving business, acknowledge that your works are never going to make it, acknowledge that no matter how good you are, we are not good enough to be in God's presence apart from Jesus sacrificing on our behalf, and that you would accept the greatest gift ever, which is the love of Jesus for you. That is, that is number one for us. Number two, if you have made that decision and you have decided to follow Jesus, the second would be that you would get baptized. If you've never made that decision to go public with your faith and say, uh, I belong to Jesus, we have a discovery class coming up. We would love to get you connected with that. The third thing, if you're here this morning and, and, and you have been baptized, but if I were to ask you the question this morning, are you all in for Jesus? And you would hesitate and you'd wonder and you'd probably say, I'm not sure. Let's start working on that. For you, your next step would be to ask the question, what is holding me back, and how do I get it out of the way so that I go all in for Jesus? And here's, here's the last thing. If you're here, you are all in for Jesus. He is the center of your heart. There are people around you who need your help. There are people who God has called you to walk alongside to help them take uh, their next step in going public with their faith. And so we're going to, as the kids are filing in here, uh, we get to celebrate just that this morning. Uh, we're going to see a young lady uh, go public in her faith. But I'm going to do something a little bit different than I would normally do um, this morning. I want to actually read to you the testimony real quick because they're coming in. I want to read to you a part of the testimony of the girl who got baptized this morning because um, I'm bummed you missed it. And I just wanted you to be able to hear this story. It was very cool. This is from Sarah Empit. So I'm so thankful for my family who showed me uh, the discipline and loving faith I grew up in. As I walked through life, I began to do works for religion rather than works because of faith. In college, I began to have life experiences and take classes that caused me to have more questions than answers. I grew up checking boxes, even to the point of using works or my church attendance to cover my sins rather than walking in true repentance. After college, I had a hard time finding a church to go to. When Chris and I got engaged, I knew we needed marriage counseling and to be in church. 
and I was yet to learn just how much the difference of being truly connected with, loving, with the loving people of Bridgewater Halstead would change us. The welcoming and supporting members of this church have inspired and encouraged me in what follows and what following Jesus calls you to. My recent season has included hard times and incredible blessings. God used an improvement plan that tested me in ways I did not know that I needed to be tested. In learning how to let God in, I saw him work through me more than my circumstances. Gradually, our relationship grew, and I was able to reflect on how Jesus has been faithful to me. God used a lot of things to help me see my need for salvation. Everything from tough small group conversations, to dwelling in the word, to truly listening on Sundays, to work, to apply the knowledge that was shared, to friends from church checking in uh, on specific things that are going on, and to the support of my amazing family, especially my husband, has led to one realization after another uh, that it requires me to change my heart and help me see my need for Jesus' offer of salvation. God has called my heart, and I know the need, I know, excuse me, I know I need the Savior to be my leader. I believe that God sent his only son to die for me to be my redeemer. His death being an act of mercy is my one true hope. I have asked God to continuously uproot the sin of my heart, and I pray he continues to change it. I have asked God to forgive my sins, and I'm thankful for the grace he covers me with. I want to surrender my life and truly trust God with it. I want to love the Lord my, my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, for all my days. I want to faithfully follow Jesus. My name is Sarah Empett, and I'm here to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. As I heard her story, yeah, you clap for her. I've had the chance to, to walk alongside uh, Sarah in her life, and it was just it was such a blessing to see the life change that's come in her. And so I just want to share that with you. But uh, baptism is that moment for the believer when what has been welling up inside the emotion, the desire and to obey Jesus says, I'm in. I'm all in for Jesus, and I want everybody to know that I'm unashamed uh, of his love. And would you bow your heads and pray with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. And we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for the cross and how it changes everything. Lord, we just ask for every heart in this room. Every one of us has a next step of obedience to you and, and, and something that you are calling us towards. I pray that with great faith, we would all take our steps towards you. That we would all together be all in for you because the world needs us more than ever to shine brightly for you. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.